This is Don Ashby, and uh, listen to me, life's tough sometimes, but it's not as tough when you listen to Mitch, please. Mitch, please, since 2016. Flying with angels, dancing with devils, hiding between a saint and a rebel, trying to live my best life. Go into it like a WWF fight And the fans are screaming They got my back like I'm really beaming So beam me up, Scotty Kicking down doors like I know karate I got the fuego like Mojave Getting high is my hobby Mitch Lee from 2016 Podcast so ill, let my catch a body can no one harm me. It would take more than the army to stop Mitch Valentine from doing what he gotta do. He stays on his grind. R.I.P. Joe Rogan. Y'all better know that we coming. We are ever running. So turn up the sound and keep it 100. Keep it, keep it, keep it 100. Mitch Valentine, keep it 100. Keep it, keep it, keep it, keep it 100. Ministry podcast, keep it 100. Now chill. Yeah, hashtag make dreams happen. Pro Championship Entertainment. At Heartbreaker MV. At ECE since 2015. Yeah, follow your dreams, y'all. We are live outside Madison Bear Garden in Chico, California. My name is Mitch Valentine, and welcome to episode 40 of Mitch Please. We are sitting in the parking lot looking at the historic, beautiful, red-bricked Madison Bear Garden where they provide some of the best burgers you will ever eat. Among other things, right now, guys, we're just going to get right into it. This is the state of comedy. We're starting the show off hot. State of comedy. I'm sitting next to the one and only Dylan Collins. Dylan. All right. I'm here to say what's up, guys, and uh, best burgers. I don't know. They're okay. Dylan, don't you ever cut me off again. I'm just kidding. I love you. I love this guy right here, man. This is one of my favorite people. Go ahead. (laughs) Go ahead. So, we're outside the bear. Yes. The Bear starting up comedy through you. Well, this is not official yet, Dylan. Thanks for completely ruining any surprise I was going to have to to make that statement. But it's okay. What I'm doing, Dylan, is I'm looking at definitely running a comedy show at Madison Bear Garden in 2020, most likely. So thank you for completely spoiling that. It's okay. I don't give a shit. Uh, I want people to know, man. I got the kingpin of Chico Comedy next to me. Thank God he's actually letting me run the fucking show at Madison Bear Garden because Dylan Collins over here is running every single other venue in Chico, and now he's branching out to Oroville. You're branching out to Marysville. Dylan, you've been on the show before, man. You've told your story. I don't want to hear your story. I want to know, how do you feel about the state of your comedy world right now? There's a lot of stuff happening right now. I'm trying to drive down to Sacramento and stuff all the time. Yeah, you are. 
like fucking hell of times. I did the Sacramento Comedy Festival. Yeah, you just got back last this last weekend, dude. You were out there in Sacramento. Tell me about it. What what'd you do? Where'd you go? Who'd you talk to? Yeah, I went to. Uh, what were you wearing? Yeah, I was. <laughs> I only got my headshots done. Uh, yeah. Uh, it was fun. Uh, just it was one show for the festival per person, unless you were like you know a fucking big shot at the comedy spot and we're like hosting all the shows or whatever. Uh, but I was super happy to be a part of it, so it was hella fun. Well, yeah, well, well so what uh, clubs? I know Tommy T's. I mean, what, what? Yeah, I did the comedy festival on Friday. Where? At the comedy spot. Nice. On the first show, stand up 101, whatever. How many people uh, performed? The first uh, night? There was an eight on the lineup. That's not bad. Yeah, no, it was, it was cool. It was a good show. I went like seventh. I went right after. I forget who I went after. But I went later. It was good. It was a fun set. I gotta get the video for that. I'll probably... I need to start chopping up those videos. That's, like, the next step. Uh, is... You, you need to get those fucking, like, the clips of you doing stand-up and have that shit recorded and put that shit on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Like, you should just do that. I've, I've always heard, like, different things. Like, oh, you should just, like, not put out your best stuff. Like, what? No, you should put out all your shit, you know? Like, you should... For, on your Instagram, why else... Ha- well, it, what are you, like, holding back for? Like, who, is somebody gonna steal your fucking jokes? Like, these jokes are shitty anyway. And if they do steal them, you have, uh, you know, proof through your Instagram or whatever that you've been putting that joke out, and you have proof of it. So, I mean, yeah, I agree. I, I don't agree with, like, putting, like, 10-minute sets out because you want to get booked, right, for a 10-minute set, and you want to get paid for a 10-minute set. So if you're giving away a 10-minute set online, I mean, who's going to pay for that? Well, a booker would see it. They're not, it's not like all the people on the show are going to see your set. Like, most people aren't even going to know your fu- who the fuck you are when you're showing up. Right. No, I mean... I like to, personally, I like to put my, I mean, I have so many clips, or not clips, but so many sets recorded on YouTube, but they're all listed up, they're all unlisted, so that way you can send them to a booker if you want, but don't give it, put it out there for free, you know, and... No, you you should put it out there for okay. free. tell me why. If you should have, if you have highly, like, like, really good quality recordings, and you can just have, like... Uh, a minute it was just like one bit and just put it out there on instagram yeah and Facebook. one minute yeah like a short ass clip yep. like that's what you should be doing that's how you're gonna like build following on uh social media that's what that when i booked neil nanda at uh mm-hmm. unwind that's what he did he has like forty thousand followers now he had thirty thousand when i booked him and he's just wow. like it's once you get to a certain point with uh like building a fan base and shit you know opportunities start opening up so what would you say, man? Because I feel like you're one of the go-getters, man. I've been in the scene over five years, you know, on and off, whatever. I've seen a lot of people do the comedy thing and cheat the Chico comedy scene, you know. And I, you're the guy that has stood out a lot, dude. I mean, I'm trying to think of somebody else that has come in the scene, you know, been not a oh, dick. I come in the scene. You come in the scene. You weren't really a dick either, you know what I mean? You were a really nice, humble kid. I don't know what you are now, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you introduced me. To. <laughs> I don't know what's That's happening. What we're going by at this point, you know, whatever, whatever the host says. No, but I mean, seriously, man, you came in the scene, you paid your dues, you you you're nice to everybody. I mean, well, I'm still not that good. Is the thing? I'm really not. I'm not that much better than anybody else. I just do more shit. You're just getting after it, though. So why are you get? So why? 
do you think, I mean, it's, it's, it's a really, I'm trying to think how to put this. What are your goals in comedy? Uh, I want to get past that laughs unlimited to host. Okay. Like, I think I'm good enough to do that. But the problem with being good is like, I never feel consistent with what I want to do jokes about. Like, I, I, I don't want to tell jokes that I've told like hella times before. So I just feel weird about telling that shit again. What you- that's the hard, that's a hard part. The so, hard part is... Well, you know, there's certain jokes you don't work, but, like, I don't want to tell them anymore because I've just told them and, like, fucking... They've worked. I, I just... Like, you just get tired of them, and I don't know. I just feel... Uh, I think your baby shower joke's still one of my favorites. Yeah, but that joke was... Like, you could li- look that joke up on Reddit, and you would immediately find it. Like, it's right so there. So you stole it. I, no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you're a joke stealer, is what I you're might- telling me. I might, dude. I don't know. I might have fucking stole that joke. I I just told that. Start, I, that was fucking. That was when you first started, pretty much, right? One yeah, that was the fir- that was the first joke that anybody liked. And uh, <laughs> for the record, since you brought it up, a lot of people was, didn't like it too. That's oh, my great. girlfriend just got pregnant. Uh, the last Monday she had a miscarriage in the shower. But it was like, all right, at least you got to have the baby shower. Yeah. And I don't know why everybody liked that joke so much. Like, it, it, it's I, dark. That's the power of stand-up, is that that hacky, shitty, stupid... It's not even that clever. It's right there. I mean, it's clever. Uh, it is. But it's, like, I, 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 it's not my joke, so I can't tell that thing, a joke anymore. So what's your favorite kind of comedy? Because there's... It's like movies, man. There's so many different genres of comedy, right? There's clean comedy. There's dirty, nasty, raunchy comedy. There's, you know, musical comedy. I mean, there's so many different kinds. What's your favorite, personally? Um, I just like people that are just, like, strict stand-ups. Like, you know? Storytellers? One-liners? Some people... Combination? I hate. I wouldn't want to. I'm definitely not one-liners. I mean, I like Anthony Jeselnik, and I consider him kind of a one-liner, like Mitch Hedberg. Mitch like, Hedberg is amazing. Uh, anyway, like Don Ashby. Yeah, Don Ashby's is, amazing. Is, he's uh, more of a storyteller, I think, though. Sometimes he's, he tells some stories too. He does a lot of things. He's actually the first ever. Uh, participate in the state of comedy and you are number two and oh, we're is, doing is that, this is thing. that is that right is am i following don right and now? shout out to don ashby because dude. he did the in, he did the uh, drop for the show today did he really for episode dude? 40 i oh, love don ashby that's awesome dude i actually booked don <laughs> ashby i've booked don ashby probably more than anybody else at my at pce comedy events Anyways, so oh yeah. Speaking of booking shows, man, you're booking a lot of shows, dude. Tell me about all the shows you're booking in the month of October and November. Go ahead. I'll let you pull it up in your phone. I'll just let people know. Go to Dylan Collins Comedy on Facebook and uh, Dylan Collins regular Facebook. Follow this guy, and uh, he's doing a lot of shows. Of course, um, in Chico, right? But you're also starting to branch out. And tell us about it. Yeah, so I've got October 18th at Duffy's. Nice. Duffy's is, uh... I wonder who started... Do you know who started Duffy's? Dude, I feel like the first Duffy's show I remember hearing about was, um, Aaron Standish. Yeah. That's the first one I remember hearing about at Duffy's. So anyways, so I want you to drop all your shows real quick. Uh, and, and maybe a headliner, the headliner of each show, and then we're going to finish up with one more little topic here. All right. Um, 
So yeah, anyway, so if you want. So yeah, so Becky Lynn, former host of Duffy's. She's gonna headline your Duffy show on October eighteenth? No, no, she'll be busy. She's okay. booked elsewhere. She's oh, fucking killing it. But she was the first one to book you at Duffy's. Yeah, she booked me at Duffy's. That was very nice. And now you're booking And then it got canceled by the fire, and then we booked it later. That's a little... Anyway, uh, so yeah, eight, October 18th with Tristan Johnson. Nice. Which is an awesome headliner. Uh, then we got the El Rey Showcase, which is uh, going to be all the comics in Chico that you just see murder every single night at the open mics. Like, if you're not at the open mics and you're not seeing these guys just crushing it, you're just like... Not really out there in the Chico comedy scene, as far as I'm concerned. Dude, uh, hold on. This is a huge deal, bro. You're booking the freaking El Rey. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you've got Phil from Chico, Sydney Hub, Don Ashton. Oh, uh, we got all, we the, got, all, we got the, all the comics. All of them. Except got, for me. Yeah. <laughs> well, like I said, we got all the comics. All the good comics. Yeah. All the, all the ones that are hitting the mics. All the ones got that you. are... And jokes. No, that's going to be a big show, man. I honestly, like, everyone should get a ticket to that and support that because it's a big deal. Yeah, you You're, should get a ticket to that. Yeah. You should buy a ticket to that because it's like 10 bucks and it's not really that fucking much money. And that is when? <laughs> you can get them for five right now. Uh, the October 24th. Okay. It's at 7.30, I think, showtime. I think they opened the doors at 6.30. Okay. You should come to the El Rey and, uh, and sit and watch the open mic version of the El Rey. Mm-hmm. And the El Rey had open mic, and this was, like, the best of the best. And speaking of the El Rey, I just want to jump real quick, because I know it's in Chico December. Scene. And we got Becky Lynn coming, too, and Jordan Riggins uh, yeah. from out of town. And I just want to say, while we're talking about the El Rey... I know we're jumping to December, but dude, you're doing a huge, yeah, Scott Powers, everybody. Yeah, well, everybody. Uh, Travis Dowdy, Jesse Clark. Well, yeah, those guys too, but like, I was just thinking out of time. All the the good, all the good comments. But no, but you're in December, bro. This is huge. All right, we're going to go back to your events. But in December, right? December what? Well, you got the damn kid that never left his hometown. You sent me the video. In December? Yeah, you're hosting. Oh, well, let's not go there. Okay, let's not go there. I don't want to go there. I mean, you dropped the Madison Bear gimmick, but I mean, I won't. I won't drop your gimmick. We'll just keep snippets and. Let's over not. Here. Let's not go there. I don't want that. Okay. Uh, until that's really locked in. Okay. Because it it should be locked in, but but you never know. All right, I'll edit it out. Keep going. Don't worry about it. Uh, just leave it. Yeah, dude. fuck it. Don't give a shit. All right, what's next? What's next? Then we got uh fucking. Oh, I'm at Tommy T's on uh, the 20th. Yeah, no one cares. No, I'm just kidding. Tommy T's is actually, uh, you were just there last night, bro. I've never been there. It's uh, in yeah. Sacramento. And it's in Rancho Cordova. Okay. Who's headlining that show? Um. Oh, let's plug that show. So we're, I'm Hurry at, up, bro. You're taking forever on this. I'm at Tommy T's October 20th. Okay. There's 16 comics. We're all going up. The okay. show's from 6 to 10. Oh, my God. <laughs> Holy shit. I'll be doing 15 minutes out there. You can catch me. Okay. Uh, dude, I will, we're, it's going to be packed. Uh, uh, you better get a ticket. Yep. Next. <laughs> uh, then the Seven Mile House, that place out in Marysville. When? Uh, the 2nd of uh, November. Okay. And now we're getting into it. What are we getting into in November. Uh, the, oh yeah, that campfire. Oh, we got the comedy festival that Jesse Clark is putting. The LOL Palooza. Yeah, Lollapalooza. Lollapalooza. I'm yeah. actually doing the show as well uh, at the Blue Room. Oh, are you really? Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a great time. I mean, I haven't done comedy at the Blue Room in like four years. Wow. But you're doing that. You're doing what else? Are you doing? You got stuff going on with the lab. Let's drop it. 
Oh yeah, we got uh, open mic every Tuesday. That's the only thing that matters. That's going to start this Tuesday. Yeah, this Tuesday. Every Tuesday we're going to do open mic comedy at the lab. Come there. We're going to do roast battles before. Uh, and, um, you know, if it, get, if it gets crazy, we're going to lock the doors and we're gonna, not going to let the staff out. And then we're going to... We're gonna do some crazy shit, if you yeah. know what I'm saying. So look for us at the yeah. lab every t every Tuesday. Yeah, look for the lab every Tuesday. Oh my the gosh. back gate's open. D don't ask, don't tell policy. Take that for what it's worth. All right, what about the brew kettle? Brew kettle, we got brew kettle the eighth uh, of November for eighth the comedy Lollapalooza. And they also on the eighth. Um, we got the best comics, the cream of the crop. We're all gonna be there at the brew kettle. The brew kettle. And also on the eighth at Tender Loving Coffee. Uh, the Adonis bro is going to make his... Oh, is the Adonis going to be there? He's going to make his debut. Really? As as official... His re-debut? His official debut at an actual show, not an open mic, so he's actually making his debut. Do you feel like it's the second coming, though, of the Adonis? I think that the Adonis bro is going to bring something that no one brings and that no one's ever seen, and just be ready for Tender Loving Coffee on November 9th. Be ready for the brew kettle on November 9th. You, hey, Tender Loving Coffee, you be ready. Yeah, and then what else we got? Uh, we also have coming up that campfire show up in uh, Paradise. Paradise, Paradise Performing yeah. Arts Center. This yeah. is a special deal to me, man, because the girl booking it is the girl that I booked at Whitewater Saloon. You know her, Jessica Eggleston. I hope Eggleston. I said Stein. Oh, okay, Je Je Jessica E. I don't know. I, I don't. Yeah, Jessica I'm e. I'm excited, dude. I think go by Jessica is, E. That'd well, good. that's a sick name. That's a good name. Maybe we just yeah. made something big. I don't know. Uh, but she's booking the show at Paradise Performing Arts Center, dude. And I'm gonna tell you right now. I saw Oliver Twist at Paradise Performing Arts Center in 2008. Haven't been back since. It's an amazing venue. I cannot wait for November 15th. Yeah, it actually is November 15th, and I'm very excited for it as well. All right. And what else we got after that? Because it don't stop. Can't uh, stop. Uh, won't then, stop. Then we're going to fucking roast each other at the Verbal Insult League on the 22nd of November. And Rockland. And Rockland. For uh, Verbal Insults, for Blacktop Comedy. Yeah, Verbal Insults Live. Oh, my gosh. And and we're, is it official? With Al Schumann each other? and Josh Means. Is, uh, dude, it might as well be. I mean. It, <laughs> There's enough shit that's been talked. I mean, and, and that's, I love that, dude. I just love the roast battle just because uh, it's all content for them. They like it, too. Well, and here's the thing, too. I don't know if you know this, but I think at that roast battle on uh, November like, 22nd, I don't think you're going to get regular Mitch, man. I think the heartbreaker Mitch Valentine is going to dust off the heart sunglasses and the heart nipples are going to be poking out. And you're going to get the heartbreaker Mitch Valentine at Blacktop Comedy, Verbal Insults, November 22nd, Rockland, California. <laughs> and he's if you're battling him, he's going to break your heart. All right, what else? Let's close out November and let's close out this segment. Are you going to wear spandex to the rose battle? I mean, if that's what is necessary to win, I'm going to do what it takes to win. I'm going to give you a little preview right now. You see, Dylan Collins, if you're going to battle Mitch Valentine, the heartbreaker, the best-looking man of all time, the reason mirrors were invented, if you're going to battle me on November 22nd, Rockland, California, at Blacktop Comedy. You're going to be in for the fight of your life. And at the end of the night, when all the smoke is clear and all the dust is settled, Dylan Collins, you're going to go home with tears streaming down your face. <laughs>
a box of Kleenex, an empty box of Kleenex, and a broken heart. Will ya? Hey, we'll see about that. Yeah. We'll see. All right, then what's up? November 30th, Farmstar? Oh, yeah, Farmstar Pizza. Uh, that's right, November 30th. Day after Black Friday, free comedy, uh, fucking, and expensive pizza. Yep. And Farmstar is always a 10, though. It's it's a delicious it's pizza. It's a great place, and it's clean comedy. Bring your kids. Yeah. Family entertainment oh, bring, of Farmstar Pizza. Yeah, please bring your kids. Absolutely. That's, what we, that's absolutely what I want. Bring your kids. Don't even get a babysitter. If you're like, oh, it'd be save money to take a smaller cat tab. No, <laughs> not bring the kids. No, just bring them. Pay them the money. Okay. I'll be there. <laughs> I'll be there making my farm star debut as well. I'm really excited. Oh, is that right? Are yeah. you are you you booked on that I'm show? Booked. I'm appreciative of the opportunity. Yeah, that's right. I can't wait. We got uh, the Morty the Mortician. Morty, I love Morty. Yeah, well, we're Morty the Mortician is going to do a long set there. Uh, uh, we'll see what happens. Good for, uh, I fucking. I think I know Morty can do it. Oh, Morty's a murderer. It's just I booked a lot of people on that show. I always book a lot of people on that show, you and then pe- and people always back out at the end. But dude, you're doing a lot of things, man. I'm, I'm I hope you're taking a lot of deep breaths. Uh, I'm proud of you. I love you. Thanks for being back, coming back on Mitch, please. The state of comedy. Anything else you want to say before we get out of here? I just want to say I'm going to fuck you up at that roast battle. <laughs> <laughs> dude, you don't stand a chance. Well, I guess we'll find out. No. Wait, yeah, we will find out. I'm still sitting out of Madison Bear Garden in the parking lot, live in Chico, California. Right now, I have drug into the vehicle with me. Well, not drug. I mean, she came in the vehicle willingly um, this time. But right now, I <laughs> I have my guest for episode 40 of Mitch Please is the one and only Elle LaFay. Elle, welcome to Mitch Please. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, no, you, you sweet-talked me. You didn't have to physically drag me in the car. I appreciate that. That's, you know, I'm... I'm I'm so done with the physically getting dragged into cars. Like, I mean, that's kid stuff. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm an adult now, so I appreciate when someone just can, you know, do what you did and be like, I have money. And, you know, lie to my face. That's, that's sweet. That's, <laughs> that's nice. No, I mean, this is cool because, like, I'm literally parked in the downtown, like, the bus station parking lot across from the Bear. I had Dylan Collins in the car earlier. Now I have you in the car. This feels seedy as fuck, though, just sitting, like, in, in a parking lot. It's seedy? Yeah, you know, it seems a little shady. I, I like shady? it. Shady? Yeah. I got the door open. Yeah, no, that's not... I'm not locking you in. The you doors have... are unlocked. The fact that you have to say that is a little bit weird. <laughs> well, hey, I got you on the show because I've seen you a handful of times at Maltese, Studio, whatever. You're very funny. And uh-huh. yeah, Well, yeah, and... I figured you, everybody has a story, and I feel like you have a really good story to tell, so we're going to tell your story today. All right. Um, Where are you from? Okay, so I was born in Modesto, in Central California, in the Central Valley. Nice. Um, My was, girlfriend was as well. That's very ironic. My girlfriend was born in Modesto. Yeah, Can, no, a, a lot and, of... Go ahead. I'm yeah, sorry. No, a lot of comedians I've been noticing are coming from Modesto, and I think that's because like there used to be this phrase that I heard a lot growing up as a kid. Maybe they did too. I thought it was just my family thing, but maybe it was a whole Modesto thing. And it's, we laugh so we don't cry. And I think that's just really made a lot of funny people uh, want to escape that, that horrible, horrible town. Uh, but no, um, you know, I grew up in the 90s. Um, I was just like an average kid. You know, um, wasn't really too particularly 
like funny honestly like I wasn't like that funny kid when I was younger mm -hmm. um, I was just I was the youngest so I had you know siblings and they hated me because like I said I was the youngest Okay. So I was really good at just annoying people. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I started comedy on the back end, where I was just like, I'm just going to bother you till I can walk you. I'm so good at walking people. I can walk anybody away from me in a conversation. It's useful when you're in the DMV. Um, people would rather go outside than, than be in front of me. It's, it's nice. Well, uh, we'll see how it goes here today. <laughs> no, no, no I've, I've honed my craft. Through years and years of uh, figuring out how to actually make friends. And so now I'm actually, like, rather entertaining, some would say. Yep. Um, but, yeah, no, I lived in Modesto till I was, like, 13. And then I moved uh, to Reno, Nevada. Before we get into that, what kind of stuff were you into as a kid? Like, I mean, I like Ninja Turtles, Power Rangers, uh, Batman, Spider-Man. What about you? Um, I was really into video games, like the NES and yeah. the Super Nintendo, Mario... Oh uh, yeah, Zelda. Oh yeah, I love Zelda. Like um, Super Metroid. Like that's that's generally what I played as a kid. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of role playing games. A mm -hmm. lot of like on the computer. I I didn't get into like Final Fantasy like a lot of kids did. Right. I for some reason was just. Um, I think I might have been a little bit of a hipster before that was a thing. I just didn't want to do what everybody else was doing mm -hmm. because then they'd have they'd want to talk to me about it. Is what it was. But um. No, I was into Ninja Turtles. That was like probably my favorite cartoon. Favorite Ninja Turtle? For, uh, Leonardo. Duh, the best. Yeah, obviously. I'm gonna give you nuts on that one. Yeah. Leo. You know what? Because Raph was like, everyone's all Raph's outlaw, blah blah. He just came across to me as like a like a like a whiny little kind of bitch, really, if I can say that. He just reminded me of like like bullies at school a little bit yeah just a bad attitude like oh i'm cool because about that but michelangelo was always the funny one down until the smart one but leo was the leader was the best man he was the man with the two swords he, that's uh, why he's, he my, just he's only my favorite because it's like out of all the weapons that's an actual weapon yeah it's like one guy has a fork the other guy has some nunchucks which don't seem like like as a kid we've all tried nunchucks and we all hit ourselves in the face with them so i was just like michelangelo doesn't know what he's doing was, mm -hmm. you know don't tell it a stick yeah. So, like, like I'm like, okay, two swords. That's the only person who's really taken this seriously. But Splinter, too, was a badass. And Shredder was a great villain. Anyway, moving on. You moved to Reno. Yeah. And when you were Reno. 13. Yeah. How was that? Um, It was interesting to, like, grow up. And most, I guess most kids are, like, waiting till they're 16 to get a car. Or waiting till they're 18 to, like, you know, do adult. I had to wait till I was 21. Damn. To really feel like I was, like appreciating my town and so it's a, it's a long wait nobody wants to like teenagers are kind of just this forgotten class that nobody like really talks about or talks to there's attractions for little kids and there's attractions for adults so us teenagers do a lot of um drugs you know because that's the main attraction we have it happens um so I so as a teenager you said you didn't drive until you were 21 i didn't i didn't get my license till i was like 24 oh wow okay there's, so, there's no need. There's actually, like, a decent bus system that runs, like, 24-7. Reno. Reno's a great town. I've, I've wrestled there. I think it's a it's a fun town. I mean, obviously, you, you lived there for how long? Um, I lived there for about six, seven years. What did you do in Reno as a teenager? Um, mostly did hallucinogens and then went to casinos because then the mirrors <laughs> let you see that there's actually more building okay. in the building. Yeah. 
But no, there's more. When if you take some mushrooms, it'll make more sense. So like, just remember what I said. Okay. Take some mushrooms. Go to the circus, circus. Okay. And it's an, it's a pretty amazing time. Never taken mushrooms. I've always been worried that it's gonna like mess with my brain or. Whatever. Oh it will. Yeah, but like permanently. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. But that's like the point, I guess. Um, so, so drugs and mirrors. Yeah, drugs, mirrors. Um, I, I honestly, I used to be uh, a juggalo. Do you, do you know what that is? Yeah, like a male prostitute. No, that's a gigolo. Oh my bad. Okay. Oh, ICP, ICP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay. But my really, bad. I think it was just out of all the groups of people, that was the one that would let me put makeup on my face. Yeah. So I feel like that was probably my main attraction to it, was just like, oh, okay, I can just, like, all white face and then, like, put, like, eyes and lips on it. You know, it's just... Just practicing without realizing it. Um, That's cool. Because, I mean, ICP, you know, hey, they actually did wrestling, right? Yeah, no, that's when I first... It's funny, because, like, I used to watch wrestling when I was a little kid, and I saw them doing the wrestling. Yeah. Uh... And I was like, oh, those guys are weird. Then when I got friends in high school, um, they're all like, oh, we listen to this this band called ICP. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's dumb. But I'll still be friends with you. And then it like I kind of slowly got indoctrinated. And like, I, not, not in like a sinister way. I was just like, you know, if I start appreciating this music, some of these juggalettes might actually suck my dick. So then I started really kind of, you know, going... <laughs> into it and like okay. you know painting my face and, and wearing all the, the things going to concerts it was you know i was just a miscreant youth a little rascal a you rascal know? yeah uh didn't graduate high school okay gd uh yeah i got a gd when i came back to california so between after i graduated high school i was living in reno for a few years and um i was just working not working this is like the time i feel like all comedians have where they're like, oh, I had, like, so many jobs in my life. Right. Because I'd have, like, job for two weeks, and then I won it, and then I would, and then I won it, and then I'd sell some weed, and I'd be fine. Because rent is hella cheap in Reno. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got homeless for a little bit. Hold on. Before we... So we're talking... Now we're in your 20s, right? Yeah, we're, early 20s. Before we talk about your 20s and being homeless, which yeah. I want to hear about, as a teenager, going through high school, doing your drugs, looking at the mirrors, painting your face... Being a juggler. So, I mean, ICP was your thing. Was there any other entertainers that maybe inspired you? Like, hey, I'd like to do what that guy's doing. Like, I'd like to maybe, you know, uh, whatever. Be a wrestler. Be a comedian. Be yeah. Anything. So, what, like... Do you have any goals or anything in your mind? So, like, the, the... I always liked the idea of being an actor when I was younger. But I never thought I would... I, I, you know, growing up in Modesto, they really teach you how to not have dreams. They're really because they don't want you to get disappointed. They know you're coming from Modesto. They don't want you to live your life in regret. So they're just like, you know, don't dream, play right. it safe. Um, so I was like, oh wow, like I love all these actors. They inspire me. They're like my role models. But I never really thought I could be one of them. Who are some of your favorites? Um, like Jackie Chan was like my favorite action right. star of all time. Rush I was, hour. Yeah, I was Amazing. really into. Um, uh, I can't. Why can't I think of his Rush name hour. right now? No, no, I know, but. Yeah, it's... Oh, the different actor. Yeah. In Rush Hour? Yeah. Oh, Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker, thank you. Yeah. I was... I thought Chris Tucker was super funny, and I was, like, a little bit into his comedy. Um, Robin Williams, I was super into. Amazing. Uh, Jim Carrey, I was super into. Amazing. Chris Kattan, actually, who's... He was, like, um... He did these, like, movies in the 90s that was, like, um... 
it's hard to explain, but you just like did a lot of impressions. Like I liked a lot of impressionists. Okay. Um, so you knew you're like I like entertainment. Yeah. I think I could. I probably want to be an entertainer. You probably knew that early well, on. Well, yeah? well, I was like I would like to be, but I didn't think I could be. Okay. Uh, in high school, though, I did take drama. Mm-hmm. That was great. Uh, the first time I ever went up on stage, I totally botched it. I totally fucked it up. What do you mean? Was it in drama class or? Oh, it was uh, my first performance ever at school in high school. In like an auditorium, like at a like a in the school, yeah, cafeteria like, yeah. get it, together. It was in the the gymnasium, right? And so there was no stage. Um, the audience was all around me, so it's like the whole school and all the teachers and some parents of of kids that showed up. You know, the supportive ones, not mine. They weren't there, and um, I get to my part. And I like freeze up. What and were I you doing? Were you acting in a play? Or? Yeah, I was like, it was. I was acting in like a smallish to medium role in a play. I can't even remember what the play was about because I think I've repressed most of this memory. Because <laughs> gotcha. my line came up, I froze, and I froze for like a good solid twenty seconds. Oh wow, that's an that's, that's like an eternity. Of, so in my mind, alarms are just going off. I'm freaking out. I'm just like, holy shit! Uh, uh, oh god, oh god! All internally. Mm-hmm. And then, right about as I just can't handle it anymore, I see the the co-star, you know, my classmate, he's about to say something to, like, move on and kind of save it and, like, maybe, like, make a joke out of it. You know, like an actor would. Yeah. I, all of a sudden, just start screaming expletives and, and like, like... I can't say like yeah, I, I, I like I'm just basically I freeze up and right before someone else says something I'm just like shit fuck whore cunt I'm like wow. 16 and I have to walk past the audience to get out of this building and that's my goal now is to leave this embarrassment behind me so I just kind of stiff walk like a robot and I'm like jutting my fists out like Jack Black you know with his finger pointing oh, yeah, oh, yeah. another guy I was really into at the time oh, yeah. and I'm just shit fuck motherfucking whore god damn it <laughs> I look I look the principal dead in the eye when he kind of gets in my way he, he like I look up at him I was like god damn it son of a bitch fuck you and he moves out of my way very politely okay. and I kick the doors open and I walk out and like and I, I believe I just walked out of school that day I just that was the only time I ever ditched was I just left all of it behind that sounds like a moment in time where, like, your probably whole life was affected. Oh, yeah, I stage fright to this day. <laughs> because that's like a like a really big moment as a teenager to have the whole school see you just have kind of f- have a flip out kind of really. Oh yeah, and and they already thought I was the kid that was going to like like Columbine or bomb the school. Just like I I I didn't think I I, I seemed like that, but that's Dylan Collins' gimmick. No, everybody else just... <laughs> you know what, though? That's just... That, that might be just a pretty pretty common factor that happened to a lot of, like, nerdy kids, you know? Everyone just thought they were going to be the Columbine kid because everybody hated them. Yeah, you well, know, like... People people can say some really messed up things sometimes, and that's on them, you know? But when, when you're in high school, you don't realize that. Like, well, yeah. Yeah. Well, but it not. doesn't... Like, I was, I was just like... I was just like, shit, people are afraid of me? Good. Good. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but... So let's let's fast forward. So yeah, that's so great. that was how I started my my entertainment career. Yeah. Was a total botch. Okay. And so honestly, I've only moved up from there. Like it's never gotten any worse than that. Well, speaking of moving up, you were talking about being homeless in your twenties. Yeah. So the first time I was homeless, because I've been homeless a couple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, first time I was homeless, I first took care of a whole bunch of my friends, 
and I like paid all the bills in a house I was renting and then the stress got to me and I said fuck it all and I um, quit my job yep. and I told them all hey we all have to move haha it's not nothing personal yep. um, and then I started being homeless and I started just kind of crowd couch surfing between friends and things like that lived in a closet for like a few months walking no no like an under the stairs closet like Harry Potter closet Okay. Like it was for just a couple a little... of months, huh? Yeah. Where was this at? This was in Reno still. Just this was Reno? still in Reno. And you're it like was... what, 22? Yeah, I was like 22, 23. Uh, you know, like I was getting homeless. I had some jobs when I was like 21, 22, but then I kind of just got burnt out with um, life yeah. and living in general. Yeah. Um, I didn't really care about anything, and then my family offered me to come live with them as an adult and I was like shit I'm a millennial technically this, this could work I could do that mm-hmm. um and they'll 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 pay they'll help me like get my GD and help me go to college yeah so I go to college I get my GD done oh fun fact I never studied or graduated high school I never studied for the GD but I like got perfect scores on the GD nice and so I was like oh shit I should have totally just done high school that would have been easy similar thing for me because I was kicked out of like I don't know, 15 high schools, and I never, my mom calls it butt-in-the-seat time in high school. I mean, I was probably only in high school butt-in-the-seat time for like six months, and somehow, some way, I passed the GED when I was 17 and started going to Shasta College in Reading. What college did you go to? University of, or uh, what was it, Reno? No, but at that time, my family lived in Modesto, so I had to come back, back to, to Modesto. Modesto. So I was going to Modesto Junior College. Okay. Um... And that's actually when a lot of my life really turned around. That's, like, I think when my story kind of really starts to take effect or become a real thing. Well, you moved back home. Well, I I, I was an adult, though. Yeah. But being in could... my, my childhood town. Right. So it's like I was kind of rediscovering it. Did you ever go to the Fat Cat? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I went there a few times. I wrestled there. I actually separated my left shoulder at the Fat Cat. Damn. Yeah. And then that same night, people pulled guns on. We, we drew, I went to the hospital, Mercy. Yeah. Right up there. Went to Mercy Hospital. We're driving up to the stoplight, and we're at a stoplight, and my buddies are in the front seat. I'm in the back seat with my separated shoulder and my sling, and these guys pull up next to us at, like, 1 in the morning, and they, they, they have their guns, and they point their guns at us. And I was on so many painkillers, I just laughed, you know? But that was, yeah, Modesto ain't nothing to play with. So you're in Modesto, you're going yeah. to college, you're you're living back with your folks. Well, I was actually, I was living um, with my sister. Cause, okay. Because um, that was who, like, that's, you ever come from, like, I have a really white trash family I come from, basically. Like, a lot of time in the trailer park. Okay. And yeah, I've lived in my trailer, fair share trailer park. Yeah. And, um, well, it's like, it's like. It's like most of the family was in single wides, but for a little bit of time in my life, I was in a fucking double wide. Oh, living yeah, large. Yeah, hella large. I had a whole room. It was mine. In a double wide. Yeah. It was That's fucking, awesome. Those are like regular houses almost. Hey, um, I'm down with it. But yeah, so I, I, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but a lot of times in a family of fuck-ups, the black sheep is the one that's responsible. And that's my sister. She's actually, like, really responsible, so she doesn't quite fit in with the rest of us. Um, we got to break the cycle. Well, you know, she will for us. I don't need to. It's fine. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, but I lived with her for a little bit, went to college. Uh, in college, I started to kind of, like, keep changing my major, didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm. I started with computer graphics because I wanted to make cartoons, you know. That's legit. Yeah, I just, you know, 
had stories. What kind of like, cartoons did you want to make? Um, just like action cartoons for kids, because like the days of like GI Joe and a lot of like cartoons that had like action and fighting kind of like really like dwindled down a lot. And I and I missed those kind of cartoons, and I thought they were cool and like good. So I wanted to bring back like kind of like actiony cartoons, but still having like you know good moral messages because that's more important than like the the action. Yeah, that's, um, that's cool. But why'd you stop doing that? Because computers is hard. Yeah, they are. Computers is so hard. Math. No, I don't. I'm not good at math. I cannot stand math. That's so, my worst subject. But I started taking some other classes because I'm really. And I was taking classes so I could get FAFSA so I could have money. Oh, yeah. Like, I was doing it in reverse. I wasn't getting FAFSA so I could go to school. I was mm-hmm. going to school so I could get FAFSA. You know, just abusing the system hey, like get, I would. Get $10,000 worth of student loans. Why not? Well, like, I like, I'd have to pay back FAFSA. That's, yeah. like, my favorite part about it all. You don't have to pay them back. Yeah, it's, yeah. like, it's my money. It's like, it's like food stamps, but real money. Yeah, that's exactly what we <laughs> called it. <laughs> So all right, so let's uh, let's start getting into your stand-up comedy. Okay, I think yeah, so a lot that's of people when I started comedy was in college. Yeah. So, so that's how that how that start for? What made you decide that that you wanted to pursue stand-up comedy? Oh, I didn't uh, decide. Someone decided for me. A friend. I met a friend. Uh, you you've probably met him. His name's Drew McGillicuddy. Oh, I love Drew. Yeah, yeah. and um, we met uh, in Modesto, and I actually I took an improv class. Because mm. I really loved Whose Line Is It Anyway, and I mm-hmm. loved just improv in general. And what year was this? You this took was improv class. Um, probably 2012, 13. Okay. So not not very long ago, right. like maybe six years ago. And so, um, maybe 2014. That feels more accurate. But um, he, my Drew was doing stand up. We went to the thing together, uh, the improv class. In Modesto. Um, in Modesto, at MJC. And he saw that I was a fucking all-star at improv. And, like, he started wanting to hang out with me and stuff. And I was like, all right, cool, I don't have friends. And he started talking about how he does stand-up comedy and, like, I should, you know, do stand-up comedy. And it made me realize something about myself. Remember how I said, like, oh, I wanted to be an actor and, like, I learned to not really have dreams because my family was just depressingly and like they didn't like instill like that oh you can do shit yeah. with your life I realized that I've had this fantasy my whole life ever since I was a little kid ever since I first ever stayed up and watched Comedy Central and watched like a Comedy Central Presents I've pre- I've wanted to be a stand-up comedian all these other like things about like maybe being an actor maybe that's kind of always been like a little bit of a a compromise but the dream is to just stand in front of people talk to them by my just me yeah and that's that's the whole show and you realize that by taking an improv class i realized that because drew said you should do stand-up because yeah. somebody like believed in me and who are some of your favorite comics like that um maybe inspired you or like you know so i like robin williams right eddie izzard um george carlin uh and then like it there's like it's like conan o'brien Oh, I love there, there's, there's, so much. There's just been so many. It's like there's been more. Like so many people that I, I just they kind of like were in that like Comedy Central presents cycle. Yeah. I just kind of see them all the time. Like Lisa Lampanelli, I was like kind of into David Tell. I was really into Nick when I was Swartzen. Younger. Yeah, Nick Swartzen. One of my favorites. Um, I just really liked. I liked almost. It was rare that I would see a comedian that I 
didn't like. So yeah. I was like, I liked most comedians I saw. Mm-hmm. Um, but the ones that really stand out was when, like, the first time I ever saw Eddie Izzard, yeah. I was just like, holy shit. That's, that's cool. That's awesome. So you're, so, okay, so let's, let's talk about the first time you got on stage to do comedy. Where was it and when was it? Okay, so I went with my friend Drew because he finally was like, okay, I'm ready for my friends to see me do stand-up because he was super like, don't, don't try to find out where I'm doing stand-up. I don't want people to watch me bomb. So I was specifically trying to find where he did stand-up so I could watch him bomb. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he finally, like, was like, no, I'm confident. You can come see me and take all the fun out of it. And I, um... He invited me over. It was it's called the Speakeasy in Modesto. Um, so it's really tiny little dive bar, really dark lighting. Um, like he signs up. He's like, I'm gonna go sign up. I'm sitting there, and it's maybe 20 minutes before the show starts or something. We got there kind of early, get some drinks and us. And he comes back, and goes, I signed up. Oh, and I signed you up too, Ellie. And I was like, Oh, what? Huh? What? And he's like, yeah, you, I said you should do comedy, so you should do comedy. Yeah. So I quickly, frantically, like, prepped something in my head in 20 minutes. I went up on stage, and I killed. I killed specifically because I'm good at improv. And I didn't know what the fuck I was going to say. I just started talking about my job at the time, like, because I was, like, a clerk in Modesto. So, like, being working at a gas station in Modesto means most of my job is, of course selling free air to tweakers for their bikes Um, and that's and I just told jokes about growing up poor and people really dug it and it was exhilarating and I loved it how many people were there watching it was an open mic yeah it was an open mic it was the room was a small room but it was like kinda I wouldn't say it was packed but it was pretty full I'd say probably about like 30 to 40 people were all in that bar altogether. And this was 2012, 13? Yeah, 13, 2013, 14. 2014, 14. something like that. So, I mean, did your stage fright kick in? I mean, how did you handle the butterflies and the nerves? I mean, how was that? Um, so, Or yeah. were there any? No, I, I do, because my high school experience, I yeah. every time I've ever tried to perform, I always have really bad stage fright, but I use that energy kind of to just kind of keep my energy up and keep my presence up and just to keep thinking quicker and quicker and quicker until that kind of just gets me in the zone. Yeah. Like, me being so stage frightened makes me run through what I'm going to start with and what I'm going to say a whole bunch of times and then right before I go on stage, I just have to be like, fuck it. No matter, whatever. breath. Whatever happens, happens at this point. Fuck it. And... I feel like my, my stage fright propels me into actually not resting until I feel like I've really entertained people. So how many mics did you hit in Modesto? Um, there was only that one at the time. It was only just a speakeasy every Wednesday. So we hit it up every Wednesday. For a year? Yeah, for roughly a year. And then I got a girlfriend. And so I did started... You, were you, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but were you... So you're hitting them speakeasy. Were, you get, were there any shows or anything? Or were you just hitting the mic? Nope, no shows. Just being an open micer, you know, yeah. for like... Probably like a year or two. Oh, um, I did get one show, and it was in this little like weird hick uh, bar outside of uh, Modesto. It's called, I think it's called like uh, Twin River Saloon. Um, I go out there. My friend is like, "Oh, I got you a gig," you know, and blah blah blah. I was like, "Okay, cool." I, of course, he tells me after I get there, it's a not paying gig, but it's a gig. Yeah. So I go out, 
and it's like it's like a country bar. Like it's a real like 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 peanut shells on the ground, pe- like like cowboy bar. Oh yeah. So, they tell me the stage is out back. I go out back. There's a guy wearing just overalls. <laughs> Nothing else. N- no shirt. Like, the overalls, <laughs> like, cover technically everything that needs to be covered, but he immediately reminds me of the movie Deliverance. Yeah. As soon as I see him, like, I can hear the banjo. <laughs> and I'm and I'm wearing, like, a cute outfit because I just came out, like, as a girl. Like, right when this happened. I, like, no, I, I wanted to... Do you want to talk about that's that? That's fine, yeah. I, I just feel like this is something very interesting. That people uh, may, maybe people don't talk about uh, enough, and it's something where we're in 2019. I mean, there, there's, uh, would you say trans transgender? By I mean, I don't know how to. I don't know (laughs) what the label. I don't know what to call people. It's okay. I just call people people. Calm down. It's it's fine. Okay. You can always um, get out your phone and just be like Siri. Help me be more progressive, and it'll it'll she'll she'll help you out. It's fine. It's cool. Maybe. Um. No. Um. But no. I'm I'm like I'm a transgender woman. Yeah. Like I guess I'd be the most like. But you could say like I'm a girl with a penis. Like, like I'm a chick with a dick. That's the most accurate. I don't care. I like that. Um, chick with a dick. So so you came out. You so you discover. So what made you kind of discover? Like figure this all this whole thing out. You were starting to do comedy, and then you just yeah. No, that's what's out. really fucked up. I have jokes about being a short guy. That I'll never fucking use now. Because <laughs> I started comedy, did that for about a year, realized I'm a girl, then had to figure out how to do comedy as a woman and, like, change up my material because a lot of it was talking about me being a guy. And so I can't really use that joke anymore. Um, but, so I kind of had to restart, like, my comedy. I started, right. then, you know, as I came out and transitioned that's almost kind of like a, a restart on your life because it's like a, a drastic change in identity yeah so a lot of things i was doing just didn't relate to me anymore and mm-hmm. so i was only doing them because it was kind of like a forced option but um yeah so um uh, i think what it took for me to realize that as a girl it was i was in college and i saw someone being trans and i was like what we can do that now? That's like a thing we, we can all, we can, no one's just gonna like throw rocks at them? Really? Like, I'm, bravo? All right, cool, I'm gonna get my skirt. And that's pretty much yeah. how that happened. Um, okay, so, so as you were getting into comedy, you're going to college in Modesto, mm-hmm. you just said, you know what, this is who I am. Yeah, and, is it just took an example. This is what I'm gonna do. Yeah, I was like already realizing that it's like, I really enjoy being like feminine but like I had no real basis to like compare it to so I was like maybe I'm a cross dresser I don't know maybe it's a fetish thing I don't know but then once I saw someone just being trans I was like oh no it's that that's actually yeah exa- cool cool thank you that's elephant yeah that's part of elephant yeah that's um actually like the name elephant started as my stage name because I had to figure out a stage name I was like whatever my stage name is I want it to be really gay sounding you know, and really, like, like signature, like, there's no other person with this exact name. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then once I transitioned, I was like, now I gotta come up with another, another name? Like, I just came up with my stage name, now I gotta come up with, like, my actual name, because the name I had before didn't really reflect me. And so I was like, no, actually, I'll just adopt my stage name. Yeah. 
And so my stage name became my name. So I'm always... Did you legally change it? Not yet, but I'm going to. I'm excited, and it's a confusing process because I is dumb. Um, But (laughs) I I have people that are helping me out figure it out. I'm, like, really bad at reading. And that's... And math. And um, words sometimes. You get get better. Right? You can only get better, usually. I don't know. Yeah. Basically, I feel like... I mean, I was in special classes as a kid in, in school. I was in, like, you know, where they have to, like, have soft, like, rounded corners to all the desks and things like that. You know, yeah. like, you know, pencils that aren't too sharp. Yeah. Um, so I really wonder sometimes if I'm just, like, a little bit of, like, maybe I need, like, like a, a personal caregiver, but I just talk so well that nobody can tell. Mm-hmm. Well, you're, yeah, it's your gift, you know? We're all, we all have our gifts and things. And So what brought you to Chico? Um, so basically... What brought me to Chico was I wanted to leave Modesto because they knew me as the wrong person there. I wanted to restart my identity. Yeah. Um, my friend Drew, he had moved up to Chico beforehand. Uh-huh. And since he kind of like initially was the one who believed in my comedy, I wanted to like do comedy side by side with him. Yeah. So, so that we could like, you know, encourage each other and kind of do that. And so that's why I moved up here. What, what year did you move to Chico? Mm, it was... 2000 what year did we find out what year did we find out Trump was going to be president was that 16 probably 15 because he, he I mean well he was became president in 16 yeah but did we like figure out like in like the November of 15 that he was going to become president I like so I, I feel like it was probably a year before like we started figuring out he was going to run well not that it was going to run like when the when the results came in oh November found, 2016 okay that's when he, we found out he was yeah. going to okay so yeah. I came in September of 2016. That's when I moved to Chico. Okay. So I did a couple years of Modesto, like two years of Modesto. And now I've, you know, done, I'm getting up to like three years here. Three years in Chico. And you've been hitting all the mics. And then you've been obviously booked on a lot of shows. Yeah, I'm I'm, like, Chico's where everything's really kind of started and exploded for me. So like, I'm doing shows. I'm part of like a burlesque group where I I host and I do comedy and sometimes dancing Uh, with the Maltesers at mm -hmm. the Maltese. Um, so, I this this town has been really good to me. This is like what I would like to make my actual hometown is yeah. Chico. It's the best place I've ever been, and I, I get recognized now. I get people that come up to me and they like nudge me like, "You did really good on that show." And I'm like, "Which show?" And they tell me, and it's like different shows that I'm being told that I'm really great at that I've all been to. So, what's been some of your favorite things about Chico? Um, people seem to be just generally pretty chill. Um, and friendly, like they're, I, I like small talk. This seems to be a town where a lot of people are willing to engage in small talk with strangers or just generally be friendly or buy someone a drink at the bar. That's, and I, maybe it is because we're all a little drunk almost all the time, but you know, I like that, you know, it's kind of, it's a party town. It's like, we're always at your neighborhood bar, no matter where you're at. (laughs) What has been some of your favorite shows? What have been some of your favorite shows in Chico that you've done? Or maybe you've been booked out of Chico since you've been living in Chico. I'm sure you've been booked outside of Chico. What have been some of your most memorable moments so far these last three years? Okay. So, right before I moved to Chico, um, I did... I got a spot in L.A. at the comedy store. In the back room, in the belly room. So, like, their smaller stage for amateurs. But I got booked onto that stage I did that and I killed and it was great and awesome. the, the comedian who like 
got me the invite, was supposed to record me, and he didn't. Ugh. And I and I'm so like I'm just like, well, no one's gonna believe this. Might as well never bring it up again. Do 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 do. Um, but that was a really memorable night because I actually got to see like real comedians like from the other rooms like as I passed by I'd like look through the open door <laughs> and um it's funny uh what's his name Tommy Lee is that his name uh he's like he's a really high pitched voice he's a like Asian um dark hair like I'm trying to think he always is kind of overweight uh I, can, I think I can picture who you're talking about um I'm really what, bad with names. Was he in, like, Hangover, that guy? Not the guy that was in Hangover, but, like, he's really similar to him. Like, they're very... He was in, um... I think, I want to say... Mad TV. Okay. And he was at the comedy spot that night? Yeah, he was playing at the comedy spot that night. Um, uh... I always want to call him Louis C.K., but it's not Louis C.K. Why can't... Why do I always get him confused? I don't know. Okay, but um, it's all good. Yeah, there's this comedians, cool guys. I got to like be like, this is what it's gonna be one day. Yeah. Um. And you got and you got that gig while you right before you moved to Chicago. Yeah, right before I moved to Chicago. I basically got the gig because I was the comedian with a car. Nice. And like that's you know that kind of happens, but I don't care because it got me in LA. It mm-hmm. got me doing that. It got me like kind of like familiar with there, and it. Let me realize that, like, now L.A. doesn't, like, scare me. Someone's like, you need to go down to L.A. to do a gig. That would not scare me. Well, that's the thing, too. It wasn't recorded, and, and you get down on stuff like that. Like, my the, the my favorite wrestling match I ever had was recorded, but the footage was lost. And it's like, it kind of, the fact that we maybe don't have the footage might even be a good thing as far as the specialness of it. Because it's like, oh, I can never watch it back. I can only remember it. And it kind of makes it more special. I don't know. No, I know what you mean. It's it's something that can can never be like replicated. It's just re- it's it. a lot it, more personal. People that were there and your memories, and that's the only people that will ever see that. You know. But I think honestly, in in there have another moment in Chico that I've really yeah just every show this past year that I've been on has been great. Every 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 open mic, honestly, like that I've been hosting has been great. Yeah, the like, the four or five times I've seen you, maybe more. I mean, you've been great, and and, and you're you're all, you are you do a lot of improv. It's really like last night at the studio. Oh my gosh! Before you introduced me, and but before you started the show, I mean, you're talking about sports and how it was just really funny. Well, and, that, yeah, because there's something I learned from really annoying people. If you want to annoy someone, you figure out what they're paying attention to. And you start kind of talking about what they're paying attention to, because then they'll want to pay attention to you because you're talking about what they're paying attention to. Right. But then you just don't tell them what they want to hear, so it creates like this cro- like they they people inadvertently start looking at you. Yeah. You know, it's like no, the- you you definitely do that. And we're getting kind of uh, sh- uh, short on time here. I've got a couple minutes left. I want to maybe just go ahead and we'll talk about your favorite show if you can pick one or two that you've done uh, so far and then after you pick the one or two shows your you know your, your some of your favorite moments uh, what is your future plans okay so every time i've ever done the let me be perfectly queer which is a comedy show around pride uh, here in chico um i did it the first year and i did it the last year just recently mm-hmm. um i've always loved the crowd i always love the feedback it's it's kind of just it's kind of special for me a little bit to 
be able to talk to a crowd of people and when I say things like, you know, I'm transgender and, and, and they're not, no, there's nobody confused in the audience. Yeah. There's nobody like wondering, there's nobody like arguing against the idea. They're all on board. Mm-hmm. And that's just real. Then I just get to just be a, reg- a regular comedian. And where are these shows at? Uh, they're at Duffy's. At Duffy's, yeah. They're, they're at Duffy's. And then, um, honestly, the last, last time I hosted uh, a show was at Tender Love and Coffee. It was also a queer show. Um, a queer lineup and there was like another comedian trans girl and I don't know it was just kind of cool to see that I'm not the only one like doing that it was it was nice Um, and I think my future right now with comedy is I want to get my reel together I want to go start going to comedy festivals Mm -hmm. I want to start trying to figure out ways to really genuinely pursue gigs more and try to find ways to get leads on gigs Mm -hmm. um I want to, hopefully, like, I, if I can, like, get the savings for it, I want to, like, do a small local, but, like, about me, like, an, an evening with Ellie Le Fay kind of thing, where I talk for, like, an hour, and then there's a band at the end, and it's, like, a party after that. Sounds fun. So, yeah, that's basically um, my, what my future... I want to go into the bay now. That's yeah. the next target, is I'm going to hit up the bay, I'm going to try to go for the um, mutiny... Radio uh, comedy festival that's coming up soon. I'm gonna try to apply to that and any other comedy festival that comes around through California. I'm gonna try to get to those, and hopefully, it'll grow from there. Yeah, just get better, right? That's all we can do. I think I'm. I think I've gotten pretty fucking good now. Now I need to actually like. It's like you could be the best plumber in the world, but if you don't actually go apply to be a fucking plumber, Mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter. I need to apply. I need to get out there, and that's what I think I'm ready to start doing. I like it. I like it. Where can people find more out about LFA on social media? So, um, I have a Facebook, I have an Instagram, both by the name LFA, and it's spelled E L L E, then space, and LFA is L A F A Y E. So, and you can look up LFA.com. I also just started doing a YouTube uh, show where I tell stories about my life and try to keep it like as funny as possible and um the name of the show is that's what she said so if you <laughs> that's great if you name. go on youtube and you look up that's what she said comedy or ellie lafay or Ella Fay, that's what she said yeah it, you'll be able to find me and awesome. yeah um i'm trying to get more subscribers and when i get up to like a certain number i'm gonna do like a special little thing for everybody on youtube and you know what's make, your youtube channel uh, the, the YouTube channel is That's What She Said. That's What She That's a YouTube yeah. channel. Yeah. Okay. So gotcha. it's, it's like the whole channel is just that show. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, hey, I'm impressed. I'm excited for you. I look forward to see what your future holds. Thank you for coming on, Mitch, please. Awesome. Thank you for having me. It was great.